welcome to the LPC Podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is Joel Appear, High School Director at LBC. And this is Chris Moore, the Children's Ministry Director at LBC. Hey, Chris. It's been, uh, been a while since we've uh, done a podcast, huh? I know. It was nice to hear you do the intro. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Uh, a lot of good things been happening. We've just been busy with good ministry, right? Yeah, we're in the thick of the fall with Children's Ministry and Sunday School and Awana going. So, yeah, just right in the thick of normal ministry stuff. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've had a leadership retreat recently and just kick off for, for the school year. Just a lot of good things happening. Really, really encouraged by just what's going on in children's and, and youth ministry. So great. Well, yeah, it has been a while, but we, we wanted to get back to it with the podcast and we just have a really great subject for you guys. But before we go into that, just because it's been a little bit, Chris, would you remind us kind of why we do the podcast? Yeah. So we're here to help equip you for the work of the ministry. So if we go to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul says he, which is Jesus, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So, I mean, our hope with these podcasts is that you, our listeners, would be encouraged and we would equip you to do ministry. So it's to think about all the ways that you could love those around you better. And whether that's someone in your workplace, whether it's a fellow brother or sister in Christ, or it's your children, we just hope that this is a blessing to you as you listen. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Well, today we want to explore what it looks like to create a media safe home. That's our topic, to create a media safe home. This has kind of come up lately, and really not just lately, but really the past 10 years has been a rising issue is technology and media and social media and how do we address that as parents and even even honestly as adults in our own lives. Right. Um, it's something that we can definitely learn. So I guess um, even creating a media safe home is not just about our children, but ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we're going to dive into that. We're actually going to probably do this in two parts. So this first one, we're going to really focus in on kind of the teenage world and and specifically talk about smartphones and, and social media and kind of the effects of that. So kind of talking about the the rising problem of technology and media. Yeah, we want to kind of address that a little bit. So do you have a few things for us with that, Chris? Yeah, so just some statistics that we've come across just recently. They were kind of staggering. So in 2011, smartphones became the greatest distributor of pornography. And if you think about it, your phone is a supercomputer in your pocket, right? You have access to the entire world. And so it's maybe some of us are surprised, maybe some of us aren't surprised, but iPhones, smartphones, they give us access to all that and it's easy access to pornography. So the other thing is when you think about pornography is that the greatest consumers of pornography are boys from the ages of 12 to 17. Now that that blew my mind. So we've got kids with phones, they've got access to the whole world and they're accessing pornography. Crazy. Yeah. And then another statistic. So one out of five students in America have sexted or they have been sexted. And for those of you parents that don't know what that is, sexting is when someone sends a text message or posts on the internet, some sexually charged messages or images. So this could include nude or semi nude pictures. So we've got kids, teenagers, sending each other pictures or, you know, sending someone a picture that maybe they don't want to, they're not welcoming it. Um, 
stuff that, I mean, we're not thinking about that when, when I was at that age, you know? And then, uh, there was a study done in the UK in 2015 saying that 55% of students have experienced online bullying. So we're seeing pornography, we're seeing sexting, um, we're seeing bullying that's just at levels that, you know, we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think too, a major problem that we're seeing is just the phones are becoming kind of overwhelming and even teenagers are starting to take a notice. I think parents have always kind of not maybe always, but you know, in recent years kind of noticed, uh, wow, this has a pretty big effect, not only on myself, but on my, on my children, but even teenagers are starting to recognize that, yeah, I think I have a problem, Mm. (laughs) Um, which is, I mean, in some ways that's, it's, it's cool that they are seeing that in themselves. And so according to the Pew Research Center, 60% of teenagers say that spending too much time online is a major problem facing their age group, with about 9 in 10 teens dubbing it a problem. More than half of teens, 54%, say they spend too much time on their cell phones, and 41% say they overdo it on social media. So that's those are some pretty big numbers there. And so, yeah, it's, it's a huge problem. It's, you know, if they're recognizing this, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's getting bad. And it wasn't like that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it's only been up until maybe the past five years. I think it's starting to turn where people are starting to finally realize there's something kind of not right with me. You know, whenever I'm, you know, at the dinner table, I want to like be on my phone you know, this is the classic, you look at other people across the diner and like they're, you know, the parents are on their phone, the children are on their phones and you're like, what is going, like, it's kind of a sad picture, right? right. It kind of makes you a little sad about life. <laughs> you wonder like, are you guys talking to each other by texting each other yeah, across the yeah. table? You know, yeah, exactly. And I think that happens in the teenage world, by the way, you yeah, know, yeah. they'll be right next to each other, like, you know, Snapchatting each other or <laughs> Instagramming each other. And you're just like, what are you doing? You know, you guys are like in a circle talking to each other. It, it through text. It's so weird. Um, so it does happen, but, um, yeah, even for adults, this is a problem. I mean, if you just check your phone and maybe you're not aware of this, but if you, uh, especially, I know that pretty much all smartphones have this, but especially iPhones, I have an iPhone and you can check your screen time and it's, it's kind of a daunting when you look at, you know, the problem here and just how much we spend. Cause really it's a valuable tool. That's the reality. It's a valuable tool. Um, there's a lot of good things with it. I use it a lot for work and, and whatnot, but even looking at my own screen time, I'll, I'll be, you know, vulnerable with you here. Looking at my, my, my screen time in the past seven days, it says, uh, my daily average is about three hours and 52 minutes. Yikes. Uh, that's, that's pretty, uh, gnarly. And then it says, even goes as far to tell you, um, how many pickups you have. So that's just picking up your phone. You don't need to un- unlock it or get on it. But my daily average is 70, and it says for the past seven days, I've picked it up a total of 352 times. So I'm wondering, Chris, can you beat that? Do you have a better score than me, or what? So I've got an hour, 38 minutes per day. Um, It's because I'm younger. But I have (laughs) 486 total pickups in the last seven days. All right, I beat you there. Which it says 69 per day. I don't know how it's less than yours, but... (laughs) <laughs> there must have been a really busy day for yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. The point is we're picking up our phones all the time. Yeah. Right. Did someone text me? Did I get a Instagram post or a Facebook post? Yeah. It's constant. And the reality is too, I, I mean, back in the day, you know, cigarette companies, they would target, you know, people and they would, with their marketing, they would, you know, pump millions of dollars into how can we get people to smoke cigarettes? 
but now it's social media. I mean, and there's still cigarettes, but now there's social media and the internet and Google and, and, and companies like that are, which are way richer are pumping so much money, millions and millions of dollars and figuring out how can we keep people on their phones? Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing a pretty good job of that. They've, they've figured it out. Yeah. And um, I think they're marketing teenagers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, Which is, that's the scary thing is that they are watching the behavior of our kids. Yeah. 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 And one of those, the ways that they've actually been able to do that is with the invention of likes, mm -hmm. um, Facebook, right. Being able to like, um, someone else's, um, picture, their comment that really changed a lot. That kind of changed the game because now it's, you're getting, uh, you know, this validation and um, it's kind of like this game almost because sometimes you don't get the validation. So it keeps you uh, leaving, you know, or wanting more really. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of adds to the problem. So yeah, it, it's, it's clearly, you know, a, a big issue. Yeah. So now we want to kind of look at the biblical approach to protecting, you know, ourselves and our children from this, this issue. So we, we, Chris and I have a few verses here. The first one that I think about when, you know, thinking about how, like, the biblical approach to protecting ourselves and our children is um, Proverbs four twenty three, which says, "Guard your heart above all else, for everything you do flows from it." And it's active. Guard. You have to do something. And right into Colossians three one through three again. There's active in our part is, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. But seek. We have to do something. Um, it requires us to do work. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, setting your mind on Christ, that, that is active. That is, you know, you have to make time for that. And, and if I hear one of the biggest excuses for why I don't read my Bible or I don't pray or I don't spend, you know, solo time with the Lord is, uh, you know, I'm too busy. But if you, you know, if you check people's phones and their screen times mm -hmm. and you look and like, hey, well, you had like four hours on this. I'm sure you could have sacrificed two of those, you know, like yeah. I'm sure you don't didn't need to be on all that. And so, yeah, I think that's something that we have to, to look at. But scripture really reminds of, of that, that we need to be setting our minds on Christ, not on just on social media and, you know, whatever's on the Internet, but on Christ. Right. Um, another great verse is Philippians 4, 8, which says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So kind of in the same light, we need to be thinking about things that are, are worthy, that are excellent, that are pure, that are just, that are lovely. And I don't know if I can justify saying, you know, spending four hours on my phone is like a, a great way of, you know, mm -hmm. using my time and really thinking about these things. What I love about that verse, Joel, is yeah. that it's coming right after the command of don't be anxious, right? So oh. our minds are, you know, the anxious person, the anxious mind is focused on all the things, the what ifs and the things that could go wrong. And he's saying, you know, give that to God, pray about it. And then he's saying, then shift your mind, yeah. <laughs> shift it to the things that are excellent, that are worthy. That requires work. And yeah. then Romans 12, one, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And again, it's 
there's do, there's action. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to that, that, you know, uh, Philippians four, seven about, you know, do not being anxious that, that just reminds me, I wish I would have looked up this stat, but I know there is statistics around this, but they're finding that social media makes you depressed. Mm -hmm. It really makes you depressed. Yeah. Um, and especially I've heard this, especially on young girls, mm-hmm. it really affects them. Yeah. Cause they're looking at their, their friends that are posting the perfect pictures and mm-hmm. the, the family that's posting the, the perfect picture of their vacation or yeah. whatever they're doing. It's like, we're comparing ourselves with each other and yeah. like, man, I am lame. And yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Brutal. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then l- the last verse that we're going to share is, uh, this is a good one. First Corinthians six twelve. Um, which says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Mm. <laughs> I think about social media and, you know, being on our phones. I think a lot of us would probably say, yeah, we're a little dominated by our phones. Yeah. Um, and phones are lawful. There's nothing unlawful with them. There's nothing inherently sinful in having a smartphone or having social media or anything like that. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's necessarily beneficial or at least in the way we use it, it's not beneficial. Cause I think ultimately the goal is we want to use technology to be beneficial, to work in our work in our favor. Mm. But I don't think, I think the cards are kind of stacked against us in a lot of ways to where it's not working in our favor. Yeah. And so creating a media safe home is going to help us work towards we're having it benefit us. We're really working in our favor and not dominating us. Right. You know, anymore. So, right. Yeah. So Joel, we've talked about the, the problem, right? The pornography, the sexting, the bullying, and we've talked about scripture. And so mm-hmm. we're just shift gears and talk about like, what's some practical things we can do as parents to help our teenagers navigate through this. And, and when we get into this, we're, what we're not saying is parents, you shall do this or you shall not do this. Cause obviously it's going to be different for every family. And well, I think we're also not saying like, we're not like the experts on all things, you know, social media right. and technology and, you know, so yeah, we definitely aren't saying, you know, you, you have to do this or you, you don't have to do this, you know? So, right. Yeah. yeah. So some suggestions and some principles. So the first thing we want to talk about is the idea of just don't freak out as a parent you know, there's, you can see that we have rigid parenting. It often leads to rebellion. So being overly rigid, being overly protective is not good. It's not the goal. And when we think about when we we get teenagers, you know, we've spent up to like 12 years old, laying a foundation, setting really good boundaries, doing a really good job of protecting them. But when we shift into kind of the teenage years, the teenagers phrase I heard recently, and I had to kind of process that was that they're in the process of disowning their parents' faith and, and making their faith their own. So there's this level of exploration. They're trying to make things their own. So we want to help guide them through that period in their life. And, and what we don't want to do is freak out and get overprotective and be overly rigid with them. So yeah. um, what that looks like in our homes, in our family, it may look different for everybody, but that's just a principle we want to think about as parents. Yeah. Yeah, another great, I'd say, principle is be a student of their culture. Be a student of their culture. So that means listening to what they listen to, watching what they watch, reading what they read, and seeing what they see. Mm. And, you know, you might be thinking, that's that's daunting. That's like, I don't want to listen to what they listen to. I don't like that. 
But I think it's an important principle because, you know, you want to be in tune with what they're being influenced by Mm -hmm. because it is influencing them. And sometimes it's influencing them more than you are. Yeah. Right. And so for you to sacrifice a little bit and to listen what they listen to and watch what they watch, I think it's a, it's a, a healthy activity to do because you'll be more in tune with what's going on with them. How are they being influenced? And then I think it can help initiate conversations. Mm. You know, you being able to say, Hey, you know, go ahead, play your music in the car, whatever you want, you know, and they're playing some music. You're like, I I do not agree with this. Mm. But instead of, you know, freaking out, you know, and say, Hey, that's terrible. You know, saying, Hey, what, what do you think this means? What does, what does that actually mean? What are they actually saying? And likely they might go, I don't know. I like the beat, you know, like (laughs) that's that's, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what happens a lot. I remember in high school, that's mainly why I listened to certain music, you know, (laughs) but doing that will will allow you to really disciple your child to be able to walk through with them. Why this is good. Why this is not good. Mm. I think if you immediately write off what they're interested in, you know, I think it can be hurtful. And I think, you know, I've, I've spoken to teenagers that too, like, I mean, they do the same thing with their parents. Like my, you know, my dad wants me to listen to this old, old song, you know, and they, yeah. it, they don't want to either, but I think it's important. I think it's important that you, you would listen to what they listen to. And, you know, I, I heard this quote recently that those who pay attention to their kid, win the kid. Yep. You know, whoever you, gives them the most attention. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Whoever gives them the most attention. And so. Yeah, that's an important thing. Be a student of their culture. I think about that too, is like if we just totally close off and not try to understand their culture and kind of get in to what they're into, you're losing that opportunity of influence. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, they may be abrasive or push back, but I think in the end they'll respect that if you do it well, they'll, hey, mom or dad wants to be involved in my life and kind of yeah. know what I'm into, you know? And, yeah. Uh, it could could open some more doors for discussion. And you might be surprised in some music that you might actually, that's actually not so bad, (laughs) you know? Like, And I mean, think about the bonding you can have over something like that, that you could actually like something that they like. Yeah. I remember my dad would do stuff like that. He'd like listen to my music and you actually like that. And we would like rock out to the same kind of music sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is sweet. Yeah. It's cool. Dad's not so crusty and crusty (laughs) as I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, thinking about that, when we're thinking about our kids and we talk about the technology crisis, we do want to address it. And I think you always want to evaluate, you know, where your teenagers are at as far as their engagement with technology. So it's piggybacking off of getting into their culture and understanding what they're reading, listening to, et cetera. So that's part of the evaluation process. Like, what is he listening to? Mm-hmm. What are they involved in? Right. And then, and then we really want to think about what's our, what is our own behavior, right? So am I on the phone all the time? Am I engaging in social media where it's taken away from my family time? So not only do we need to evaluate what our kids are doing, but man, examine what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Set the example, you know, and then we talked about this, like enter into a dialogue and not a monologue. So, you know, I think about Netflix, you know, if your kids are watching some show and you, you know, what they're watching may not be appropriate and you roll in and you're just barking like, oh, that's not good. Turn it off. Versus like you mentioned, like, Hey, talk to me about that show. Like, what, what are they talking about? What are they saying? What's going on? You know, and have a discussion with them. And we're helping them to think for themselves versus not just telling them what to think, but help them to process and teach them how to discern yeah. um, right and wrong, you know? And then we always want to, even though we talked about not freaking out earlier, um, that does not mean we don't set boundaries and we don't set expectations because they still need them. And so things that you could do, like, hey, if you have a phone, 
you're going to share the password with me and the family, the family knows the password. And I'd say, take it a step further, share your password with your family, right? Mm -hmm. You're an open book. You're not hiding anything as a parent. Set the example. And if you give them a phone, man, they've got to answer your calls and text messages when you call and when you text them, they've got to do that. They're, they're responsible to pay for their replacement if they break it. And, you know, when we're talking about family time, I think about when I come home from work with my kids, it's get in the habit of docking your phone when we're there together as a family. And it's in another room. Mm-hmm. We're having family time. We're going to learn how to engage with each other and have discussion and be a family. So this, those are some of the boundaries. And I, I think Joel, you'll talk a bit, a little bit more later about, you know, some other ways that you can set some good boundaries and expectations, oh, yeah. but yeah, those are just, just a couple practical things that I think we could do. Great. Yeah, the next one is uh, be aware of online bullying. You know, I, we kind of mentioned this earlier about, you know, there's a lot of kids are being bullied these days online. Um, so it's a growing issue, but there's kind of this, uh, we call this uh, the point system. I heard about this recently, and but they call it the point system. And it's about, you know, when your child's bullied. And so, you know, your kid reacts to a bully, right? They've been bullied. They react to the bully. The bully gets a point for it. Now, when you react to the bully, the bully gets five points because they really, they brought out, you know, the mom and dad into this. And so the reason why they get points for this, I mean, they're not real points, but they they feed off of your response. And so you're really not helping the situation if you, if you, one, your student really, you know, reacts to this and tries to lash out or fight back, or if you do the same, but rather going in a, in a in a way through the, you know, going to the authorities in this, you know, especially if it's something, something illegal that happened, you know, you know, you have the right to call the police on that, you know, and then if it's something that maybe not illegal, but it's definitely clearly bullying, you know, calling your the school, you know, if that's, if they're at the same school, being able to call the principal and getting them involved, but, but looking to the authorities for that, for that help is I think key. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is don't engage the bully. Yeah. yeah. And that's everything an a parent's going to want to do is like, Ooh, that bully, I'm going to get them or I'm going to call their parents. Yeah. And I'm going to fix this. But the more effective way is to go to the authorities. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Gotcha. That would be hard for me as a parent. Yeah. And you know, some other things, you know, if, if, if your teenager does have a device or a phone, you want to make sure that you've got some kind of web filters or accountability, a really a good one that we suggest is, is covenant eyes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think when you look at it, you might be deterred because there is a cost to it, but man, it's the cost is worth it. I mean, the $10 a month that it costs you to, or whatever it is, 10 or $12, I remember to just have that filtering on your phone. When your kids have access to the entire world through that supercomputer in their pocket, that 10 or $12 is nothing. Right. Yeah. And the cool thing about covenant eyes is that it not only, you know, is a filter for your web browser. Um, but it's also taking screenshots of their their screen. So if they're on Instagram or some other app, it's continually taking photos and then it's evaluating. It's got some kind of algorithm in there. Yeah. And it could tell like if if they're accessing something other than being on the internet um, and you can set up to where it sends you a report, you, they can have a buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a great way to have accountability. Yeah. Also too, it goes across other platforms. So like if you just have one account, it could be on your phone, it can be on all your computers at home. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's pretty nice. It's good. And then it set time limits for certain apps. So if you go to your screen time app on your iPhone, for example, you can go in there and, and click off how much time that someone can spend in a certain app. Um, so set those time limits. Those are good boundaries. Like if they're going to have access to it, 
make it make sure that it's restricted time. Yeah, I've heard of one uh, one family they they've rest- restricted the you know the limit of you can be on an app, and it was the social media. The the child was only allowed to be on it on the weekends for an hour, just mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday for an hour. Well, yeah, like just think about how much time they can invest into more important things, you know, and they can still have their social media and connect to the, to the people on the internet, you know, and they can still do that, but just for two hours for the whole week. Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. That's good. Yeah. And it's, you know, we talked earlier about docking your phones for family time and these are not, even I'm thinking about these limits and thinking about, man, well, that's not loving because I'm setting all these limits and boundaries and actually it's the opposite. It's, it's totally loving to set boundaries and to set limits. It's just like when we discipline, in our children. You know, we discipline them because we love them. God disciplines us because he loves us. He mm-hmm. sets boundaries. He gave us commandments to follow. He set us, you know, a, a fence around what he wants us and how he wants us to live. So as parents, that's, it's part of what we're doing with, with media. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. All right. And then, uh, pretty much the last thing we wanted to share with you, and this is really exciting. So this is actually a resource for you, but I'm going to read off some of it. Something else we suggest is having phone a phone contract, and this is something really cool. We um we have a written contract. We got this from from another source, but it's a written out phone contract that uh, we'll have hopefully in a in a link on the podcast. Especially if you go to the LBC podcast or LBC app, and then you look at our podcast below, you'll see a button where it'll have a link to the phone contract. So you can just pull that right up. And you can see them and uh, you can edit them and you can make it your own. You can take stuff that you like or you don't like. Um, but we really encourage you, phone contracts are really helpful to kind of kind of going with what Chris has already said about having expectations and boundaries. This is a really great way because at the end of the contract too, you you have them, you know, agree to it. So essentially, do you want a phone? Okay, great. Well, here's this contract then. And if they want the phone, they'll, they'll sign it um, and they'll agree to you know, the rules that you've set up because you're the parent, you know, I'm, and I'm simplifying this. Obviously there's, this could be very difficult, but it's a great way to, you know, have consequences and, and expectations and boundaries around these things. So let me just read, I'm just going to read off a few things, just give you some samples um, from the phone contract. So the very beginning of it, before it even gets into the really the agreement part of it, it says this, this is our phone. We mom and dad paid for it. And you are welcome to use it as long as you respect us and our guidelines. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, If so, keep reading. If not, we (laughs) recommend learning how to train a carrier pigeon to relay messages to your friends. I love that. There's a little bit of humor in there. That's good. (laughs) You can can laugh through the phone contract. That's right. It's good. So, so yeah, that's just the intro to it. Um, But one of the first agreements it has on it, it says, mom and dad can check this phone at any time read your text and view any content because mom and dad will have all the passwords. This is not a violation of your constitutional right to own a phone. It's love. I love that part. Yeah. Constitutional right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's well, that's something they would, you know, argue for. That's right. Uh, And then it continues to say someday you'll want the passwords to your child's hologram projection communication device. (laughs) That's great. Okay, and another one, it says this. It says, this phone will always be kept on when you are out with friends so mom and dad can reach you. If we call or text, you answer. This is huge. I, I, I see this all the time and parents struggling with this. Like, why aren't you answering your phone? You know, like, I own the phone. Like, you should answer me. I, see, I can see you read it. You know, some parents will be like, I can see that you're on social media right now, but, but you're not answering my phone. Right. Or you're answering your phone. And so... <laughs> 
That's what a good it is one. their phone. Yeah, it's my phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Parents a good one. Let's see. I'll read one more. It says this: uh, Don't send anything to your friends you wouldn't want your family to see. That's just a good rule for anyone. Mm-hmm. Don't send anything to your friends you wouldn't want your family to see. So that that especially too makes me think of the Philippians four eight. Um, you know, whatever's pure, whatever's just, whatever's commendable. Um, you know, think about these things. Right. You know, don't don't be sending anything. You know that you wouldn't send to your mom and dad. Right. Um, so that's that's really great. So at the very end of it, you you know, it says if any of these rules and guidelines are broken, you will lose the privileges of your phone for a period of blank. And you can write out, you know, three months, a week, a day, whatever you want to put in there. But it's all up to you and you know, and your child yeah. to to decide that. So. I think this is a really healthy way to have, you know, boundaries and expectations and yeah. So I think it's good. I like the contract idea because not that it, it's not necessarily going to take the emotion out of it. Cause I mean, if they do something that breaks the contract, you know, that could spur some you know, frustration or anger, but it's a simple discussion of like, we agreed on this buddy. Sorry that you uh, chose to break our contract, but these are the, these are the consequences, right? Yeah. You signed off on it and hand me your phone. Yeah. So I think it will help if you have to interact in a, in a, a situation like that. It's going to help you be more loving when you're doing your discipline and set the expectations. So, and they know they know where they stand. You know, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. That's pretty much all we have for you. Uh, the last thing, though, is I'll tell you a few of the resources. I realize we're rattling off some statistics, and you know you can always wonder like, is that real? And so we have just a few resources for you. Um, one of them being, it's called the Cyber Smile Foundation, and it's about online bullying. Mm. So that's a great one. Uh, another one is the Pew Research Center, which I kind of talked about a little bit. Um, another good one is uh, fightthenewdrug.org. That one's uh, about pornography specifically. And then here's a great podcast that I, I've listened to recently, and it's just a great podcast in general, but this one specifically was great. Podcast is called Entree Leadership Podcast. It's kind of a Dave Ramsey network thing, but the the episode's called Simplify Your Life with Digital Minimalism, which Mm. sounds kind of funny, but it talks about, rattles off a lot of good stats about, you know, what teenagers are facing these days with, with social media and their phones. So that's a really great one. You have been listening to the LBC Podcast, the podcast of Lordland Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. If you like listening to this podcast, Please share with a friend and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all new podcasts. Thank you for listening and God bless you. We'll see you next time.